Just a quick programming note that today, because we went long on the post show, we're going to separate that out into a bonus episode. So it'll be in your podcast player. Just click onto that next episode and it should be there. Appreciate it and have a wonderful holiday. Welcome to Gadgets for Families, the tech podcast that almost didn't happen today. Well, we would have made it happen right, but it may not have been we would have made it quite work. as good. Yeah, we would have made it work, but you know, we'll talk about why here in a second, but we had some technical difficulties before we hit record. But this is the tech podcast for everyone that's already learned everything there is to know about Apple's new iMac. There isn't much. It has right. a new processor. Move on with life. And have opinions about the new MacBooks. And boy, is there a debate about yep. the new MacBooks and all of the configurations and stuff like that. And then it's also for those of you that say, uh, what new MacBooks? And yep. why do I care? Which I'm sure a lot of people are feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tons of people, right? And then everyone in between that wants to get more out of life through their tech. And I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. And I'm your host, Jay Benjamin. Thank you for joining us for episode 25. We're on episode 24, Jason. You're one ahead of yourself. Oh, I, I guess because I'm prepping 25, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll, we'll talk about what's coming up in that episode later. But this is episode 24. And uh, I'm pretty excited about today's episode. Yeah, yeah. We started this conversation last week. And I was, I was pretty interested, but we'll, we'll get into that here in a little while. Yep. But yeah, yeah. I think this is going to be a good one. Really geeky, even in the main yeah. show. So. <laughs> yeah. Even in the main show, there's a little bit of geek going on. But you want to hang out for this because the new MacBook Pros are out. And uh, also the new iMac. Again, there's not a whole lot new about the new iMac. Yeah. Uh, and if you're in the market for an iMac, you know it. So, um, But the new MacBook Pros, they've been out for about a week. And I'm excited to say that I have one, which is why we had a little bit of recording difficulty this morning. We'll talk about that um, later on in the show about what could have contributed to that. But I've been using it for a week. And filling in Jason on some of the things, you know, I'll send him a text right. and a couple of screenshots and he's almost in disbelief on a few things. But right. today we want to talk about what I got, what I think of it. And then the most important topic that I think everyone could benefit from listening to is how I arrived at the decision that I made. So if you remember, um, Jason and I talked, was it last episode or the one before? I don't know. One of the last two episodes we right. talked about which MacBook I should get. I think it was two episodes ago because last week when we recorded, the MacBook was actually showing up. So it was a journey to decide what to buy. And I learned a lot of things. So I want to share that because I think it could help any of you, especially if you're in the market for a new laptop or you're trying to think about what laptop is right for my clients and that kind of stuff. So we're going to go through all of that. And then in the post show, we're going to go a little bit deeper on the new MacBooks and talk about things like backups and accessories. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, stick around. Yeah. Now, before we do all of that, don't forget to subscribe and follow, not only here, but on the YouTube channel. Just search for Gadgets for Families or GDGTS, the number four FMLS on YouTube. Find it there. And there's links to all of that stuff in the show notes. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. We're publishing all of our episodes in their entirety, the video version, you get to see us sit here and talk to each other for an hour or so. And yes, Jason, the last two episodes have been very close to an hour. So we're going right. to keep that going today. Um, 
but then also we're publishing the individual segments as video chunks as well. So you can go in there and you can see that. Plus we're putting out some shorts and there's some cool MacBook stuff in there if you um, if you want to uh, check those out too. So yeah. do all of those things. Yeah. Jason, story time. I'm going to let you kick off story time. Right. So my first MacBook that I remember owning myself um, was that first gen MacBook Air. You remember that one? That was the one Steve Jobs came out with the manila uh, envelope under his arm and he did the presentation or whatever. And he pulls this laptop out of the envelope, right? And at the time, it, it's hard for folks to, to visualize that now because everything is so thin and so powerful now. But at the time, laptops were like pretty thick, you know, uh, machines, right? The MacBook started making them, uh, the MacBook Pro started getting smaller and smaller, but he whips out this MacBook Air. It's super thin. It's super powerful. And uh, it was nothing that anyone have ever seen before that, right? And I remember being in love with that, right? It was a full laptop, thinner on one side than the, than the iPad and, and uh, anything else, anything else. So that was my first one. Um, I loved it ever since. I still recommend the MacBook Air, although it's not as, not as magical as it used to be right it's still a really good machine and it's still super thin uh super light because that's the focus of it but um do you remember what your first macbook was i do and before i tell you that the macbook air is still the machine that most everybody else should buy We're i think still so both saying that so even though it may not be quite as magical as it was back then it's still the one that most everybody should buy and we'll get into that a right. little bit but so I remember my first MacBook, but I want to go back even further. So we had Macs in our computer lab at the high school that I okay. went to, and I was an editor on the school paper, so I was putting all, helping put the paper together, so I did stuff on that. But when I graduated and went to college, I took all of the money everybody gave me, and I got the Mac Macintosh Color Classic. Okay. So it was the first all in one and it was you know it wasn't very big um i think it had four megabytes of ram or something like that <laughs> right. um, but that was the first mac that i ever owned myself so that was really cool i thought i was really awesome because i had a color computer and it was a mac and it yeah. worked fine and i bought it at the university of utah bookstore and they did have education discount back then so that was my very very first Mac. My first MacBook was uh, when I first started my consulting company in 20, end of 2019, first of 2020. And that was a MacBook Pro Intel, um, one of the lower end ones of those. So that was my first MacBook. Yeah. That one wasn't magical. It still had the butterfly <laughs> keyboard. Yeah. So I probably should have got the Air at that point, um, but I didn't. So yeah. So Color Classic, look it up, man. It was a great device. And I remember, so I had it for a year for college. And then I went on my mission for two years and it sat in a box. And then I came home and used it that next year for college. And I remember a few years later booting it up because I wanted to play Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Right. Which was a really <laughs> great game on that Mac. So, and I remember how long it took to boot up. And I said, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of my first questions, too, um, when you were doing your setup and testing. And again, I don't want to spoil anything. We're going to talk about that. But I remember, you know, going from some of those older Macs and, and you know, at Jobs and stuff like that and 
all the way to this M2 that my wife uses. And it seems like it's never really off to me, right? The boot up is just so fast from, I mean, from being totally off to, to booting up to where you can actually use it. It's, it's like crazy fast and it never seems like it's off. So I figured that it would improve a whole lot, you know, with, with your M3 and you timed it. And yep. yeah, I was impressed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But before we do that, Jason, I think this is a great tip that you added in here because I'm going to be talking about this new MacBook that I purchased. All right. of the press and everything is on these brand new MacBooks and the new iMac. But Jason, I think you have a tip, especially going into the holiday season for yep. folks that maybe don't need the latest and greatest and are more budget conscious or don't can't justify some of these purchases. So talk to us about that. Right. So not just those folks, but me included. So this this tip this week are for people who are just like me and hate to pay full retail for for your devices. It's almost like a game for me. Right. I will want something. I will want it. And. I would want it for at least $3 off, you know, right? That makes it feel better to me, but, and, and I'm exaggerating. I want it for a lot more than three bucks off, but as long as it's not full retail, I feel like I'm getting a deal. So today we're going to be talking about, you know, the new MacBook, the new iMacs and things like that. And one of my worries were that people were going to stress out about which model they should buy and which, which one that they want, but don't necessarily need or can afford, right? So my tip this week is buying refurbished devices directly from Apple, right? You have that, that, that ease and that, that relief of buying it directly from the source, right? Not some guy on Facebook Marketplace or one of these resale shops or something like that just to look for a deal. You can get these directly from Apple. Um, they're backed by their, their one-year warranty, just like a new device. You will have the uh, option to put on uh, the additional Apple Care coverage if you want it, and uh, yeah, yeah. So basically, it's buying a new device, you know, for cheaper, right? It's refurbished, but we're talking about certified refurbished. We're not talking about someone that just took good care of it and they took a uh, Clorox wipe and wiped it down, and they're like, "Here, it's refurbished." No, no. Apple... I mean, they really. They really refurbish it, right? I right. mean, from my understanding, right. they take it apart. They make sure everything's good to go. Yep. So, yeah, this is Everything. this is not Amazon refurb. Right. They'll, they'll exactly, exactly, and that's what that's what I was referring to. To a lot of these people, they say, "Oh, it's refurbished," but no, they just got a good looking device. They cleaned it up. You get it, and three or four of the keys aren't working because they didn't check everything. Right, the volume button or volume key on the phone. Or, or tablet is not working because that's one of the things they didn't check. So those are actually used. But this is actually refurbished, right? They'll run the diagnostics on it to see every little thing is working as, as it should be. And then they'll, they'll send it to you for, in some cases, hundreds off of, the, uh, off of the retail price. So to get to it, there's no link or something on the main page. So how I've always got to it is you go to the Apple site, apple.com. And in the search bar, just type in refurbish or refurb or however you want to word it. And you'll see a bunch of options come up, but just hit enter. Just hit enter and it'll take you to their actual refurbish page. So I'm looking here, it says at the top, certified refurbish, guaranteed Apple quality, right? You're buying it directly from Apple. Um, down at the bottom, you'll see the different categories. Now they have Macs, iPads, iPhone watches, Apple TVs. Almost all of their products can be found here during certain times. This, this, this store changes a lot and I'm checking it a lot too. Whenever I'm, I'm looking for a new device for someone or 
checking prices for someone, I'll I'll check here. They also and have a generally, clearance section. It's generally about right before the next one releases that they start putting right. refurbs. Like right now, the M3s are out, so the M2s are probably right showing right. up on there. But they probably haven't been there for very long, right? No, no, they they hadn't. They hadn't. They also have a clearance section. Although at the time we're recording this, there's nothing in the clearance section. So just check that whenever you you get around to buying one. So I you know I took a look and again this is about what you actually need versus what you want right or what you can afford. So I'm looking at a refurbished 13 inch MacBook Air with an M2 chip. Now remember it's just an incremental bump between the M2 and the M3 right. So this is still a really powerful machine. Eight core CPU, eight core GPU. Um, for nine twenty nine, right now again, that's not a huge discount. That's not three or four hundred bucks off of the the original price, but I mean that is a really attractive price for such a powerful machine, right? It seems like, on average, if you want a really powerful machine, about a thousand bucks is where you want to land, right? I know some people will pay fifteen hundred, twenty three hundred, twenty five hundred, and up from there, but to really get a good machine. You kind of want to be in that that thousand dollar range, right? You can get some really good specs uh, uh, for that amount of money. Now I know some people are listening; they're probably like, "What? I can go to Walmart and spend four ninety nine for?" <laughs> You're right, you can. And and if that's within your price range, within your budget, you can really get a good machine for four hundred, five hundred bucks. But just talking on average here, a good MacBook around that nine hundred to to you know thousand dollar range, and they have one, so. Check it out. You know, again, don't go, don't break the bank over. And again, this is part of our conversation for later. Um, you know, don't go into debt just trying to keep up with what you think, believe is the latest and greatest. This is a good machine and it's going to be an awesome machine for at least the next five or six years. So yeah. I, I would mean, still recommend the M2. That's $170 off. Right. Right. This price, right? So you're talking more than a 10% discount because. It's uh, 10.99 for that same right. M2. I mean, it's assuming you're getting the eight and the 256, right? So yeah. that's that base model. So 170 bucks off. That's a really good deal. It is a really good deal. And warranty still, a whole year warranty. If anything goes wrong with it, you don't have to worry about things because this is basically like buying it new. You know what I mean? Right. So, yep. So that's my tip of the week. Refurbish devices directly from Apple. You can find some really good deals in here. Yep, I agree. And if you're wondering if something that's on the refurb, because a lot of them are going to be the entry-level stuff, if you're wondering if something like that works for you, stick around to a little bit later in the show when I talk about how I decided to what to yeah. buy what I'm going to buy. I think if I just told my family flat out in one sentence what I bought, and I'll share that later, um, they would go, what? You bought that? <laughs> right? So. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, check it out, guys. That's that's a good one. So, Greg, we have some follow up here. We want to talk about moving to a keychain, right? Now, I remember when you told me you were still using last. You explained it on on a, a previous episode, right? You had a subscription. Uh, um, you didn't want to merge your work and your and your personal passwords or whatever. But uh, when I heard from the start, just like the Fantastic Cow, when I hear that you use things like that, I'm like. Wait, keychain is awesome. Why are you using that? So it made sense, though. Yeah. But, so I mean, you made the move. A, I made the move, but they've done a lot with keychain, right? I mean, one of the yeah. biggest things they added was family password sharing, 
Yes. And that's something that we used extensively because, you know, I've got kids all over the place and they always are, what's the Disney password? What's the, you know what I mean? So that kind of stuff we had shared in there. But what I realized is I ended up not sharing as many. So um, I migrated over. This was a huge productivity move and a huge worry off of my head as soon as I hit delete on that last pass vault, which will be by the end of this um, by the end of this month. And, um, but I mean, it is so slick. I do. There's some applications. Zoom is one of them. Zoom one, actually the application won't allow keychain to fill in. Right. And that gets a little frustrating. I think it's some of those web authentication things. The keychain won't detect it. Right. If they use, if they're using some kind of weird, um, web authentication, it, it won't, it won't pick it up. So I I run into that frustration too, but Man, the trade-off is still... I mean, other than that, though, I mean, here's the thing. On places where I have to put in multi-factor authentication codes and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, now that Keychain holds those, too, I'm basically, I'm clicking on the one, I'm putting my finger on the uh, touch ID, and it's filling in the user ID and password, and then it goes to the two-factor code screen, and it's got the right one there, and I just put my finger on the touch ID sensor again. Please put face ID in the MacBook, because then I wouldn't have to do any of this. But <laughs> right. and I'm done, right? I mean, none of this going into Authy or, you know, any of these other things. I have a couple of things like I have to do in mm-hmm. a specific authentication apps that are designed for that platform. But other than that, this is just all smooth. I mean, I had the same problem with Zoom and LastPass, right? LastPass wouldn't fill in the Zoom stuff either. Okay. So I didn't. it's not any worse there. So yeah, and it's just... I won't have to, one, I won't have to pay the subscription. I mean, it wasn't huge. It's like 48 bucks for the family plan mm-hmm. over the course of a year, but I won't have to pay that subscription and I don't have to worry about them getting another breach. So, yeah. I mean, if Apple gets a breach, um, I have a way bigger problem. Right. Than just <laughs> right. my password. Uh, we all do. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that, that might be uh, apocalyptic. So. So let that be tip ha- number two, guys. That, that's a good. Uh, a good reason to stop using the same password for everything, right? We've been saying oh, from the very beginning, we've been saying for years, stop using the same password. I know it's easy to just remember the one password, but yeah, stop, stop doing that with, with tools like this using keychain. It motivates you to use a different password because you don't have to actually remember it, right? You just have to remember to access, to be able to access that, those passwords. But you can use these these more complex passwords, right? The one, the long hexadecimal passwords yeah. that Apple generates. You can use those, and you don't ever have to worry about remembering it. It'll all be in your keychain. So, yeah, that's tip number two this week. Stop using that same yep. password for everything. Absolutely, and I just let Apple generate passwords for me all the time. Now, I have noticed, and I don't know why this is, but I've actually had this problem with Disney a couple of times. It seems like my Disney password, I don't know if somebody's been trying to, hack into my Disney account or if it's Mm -hmm. because my Disney stuff is through Verizon, right? Because I get it free with my cell phone subscription. But Disney, a couple of times, I've had to reset my password out of the blue. It's just kind of stopped recognizing it, So, which is kind of weird. And there was one other that it didn't seem that either I hadn't updated the password in LastPass when I exported and imported Mm -hmm. or something. But, I mean, it's been fine, and I've tested all of the key stuff. Right, you go through anytime you do this before you delete the old. You test the banking account, you test the Apple right. ID, you test right the main all ones. of that keys, yeah. all of our subscription stuff. You know, all of the stuff that I need to run the business. So, 
Yeah, I'd highly recommend this. If you're on another password manager um, and you're in the Apple ecosystem, take a hard look yeah. as to why. Yeah, And if you're on it. one and you need to be on one, you'll know it. Yeah. Um, but for most people, just use Keychain. So, Greg, what's going on with these AirPods? So I think, so I've, it's fall here and the leaves have finally dropped enough and actually I'm taking off, right, for, this, for Thanksgiving. And I thought, yeah. well, I better get the leaves up off the lawn before that. And right now I have to borrow my uh, father-in-law's lawnmower. He lives about a mile away. So I have to, I ride my bike down there and then I have to slowly drive the lawnmower back because whatever its top speed is, <laughs> is not good, right? Slowly drive it back to my house. And um, so normally when I do this, I don't want to take these AirPods Max out there because I'm always getting stuff blowing all right. over, right? When you mow. Dust and and these yeah. would just Chunks be harder to clean. And, yeah. yeah. Twigs and so stuff. So yeah. I use my AirPods Pro or I used to use my Beats. And, um, I always have to, if I'm listening to a podcast, I always have to crank the volume up so high that it starts to crackle and distort. And it's that super, super sharp sound in your ears, right? When it's maxed yeah. out. Well, so I've got the new AirPods. I've got it set up just the way I want them. I still have, uh, conversation awareness turned off cause that hasn't worked. Um, so I get on the lawnmower and turn it on and start going. And I realized, oh, I didn't touch the volume on my AirPods. So they are doing such a better job of okay. After this last canceling update. out the lawnmower sound in that adaptive uh, noise cancellation mode than okay. my last set did. So great upgrade there. I mean, I've already talked about how I think they're such a huge upgrade. They're better on my bike. But now with the lawnmower, I didn't touch the volume. I could listen to the podcast at a normal volume level. I could still hear the lawnmower humming in the background, which was right. fine. But if you're considering upgrading your AirPods Pro, like if the battery's starting to get long in the tooth on the other ones, don't forget, Best Buy, I'll take them as a trade-in. And uh, I, I can't recommend the new AirPods Pro highly enough because it just, it, just, it just made a huge difference. So, Okay, good, good. They, they, um, I, I, I still am not having any issues with my... <laughs> my AirPods, but I do. I want to upgrade. I want to upgrade. All right, we got my wife some of the uh, the beats you recommended that uh, let link you send, and uh, she's been happy with them. She's been trying to see how long she can really push the battery life because her battery life was horrible on her old AirPods. So yeah, she's happy with that too. So well, my daughter soon. took my daughter took mine. I mean, instead of trading in i mean she gave me the same that best buy would have was like 40 dollars they would give me for a trade-in but she took right. them and she they're fine for her so and no no issues with the battery no but i don't know that she knows what the battery should be like right yeah right? I, i'm sure it wasn't great but you know yeah. coming from you know she doesn't have a point of reference so it should be still pretty good right all right so uh jason should we uh should we dive in to MacBook stuff here? Yeah, yeah, let's jump into it. This is, uh, again, this is, I think it's going to be a good show. Let's talk about it. All right, so just two quick things, and we'll give you some more geeky stuff in the post show about the MacBooks, because, of course, a whole bunch of other stuff comes out. But yeah. I just want to do one little PSA here. Um, the base M3 processor, the new processor that they announced. So there's the base one, then there's the Pro, and then there's the Max. 
the biggest thing you need to consider if you're gonna think about the M3 versus the M3 Pro is whether you wanna run, easily run multiple monitors or not. Right. So like my setup right now, I've got the laptop open and I've got two monitors. They are not designed to drive two external monitors. They're designed to drive one. And that surprised me. That surprised me when I saw that on the notes. That's going to catch a lot of people off guard, especially, you know, folks who, who depend, uh, need and depend on multiple monitors to get through their work day. Yep. And that'll apply. I mean, that actually applies to all of the M1, M2, and M3 regular processors. So right. the MacBook Airs don't drive two external right. displays. That's the first one. The second one is if you've been in the market and been looking at this, there's a lot of debate over eight gigabytes of memory in the base model, mm -hmm. right? And that goes for the MacBook Air too, okay? There's a lot of debate over that. Stick around because we're going to tell you how to work through and figure out whether that's a big deal for you yeah. or not. The vast majority of people, eight gigabytes of, of Apple memory is probably just fine yeah you, you and, probably and don't I, need to go up for there we're really going to stress that today that is plenty that is plenty you'll you'll hear the you know some, some of our more geeky you know techie uh, uh listeners they're going to hear those debates and they're going to be like uh oh, wanting to go to 16 uh, we're really going to stress eight is enough for most people especially if you're gifting it to your your, your child in college or you know family members or something it, it's enough it's enough yeah, stick around for my discussion because I'm going to talk about that, yep. my use case specifically, and I'm going to give numbers. Yes. So, so yeah, so definitely the bigger debate there is the fact that when you upgrade, it's so darn expensive. And memory is. just is not that expensive, and that's where Apple gets all their margins. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about that related to the hard drive space. And then the other big set of debate is that when you used to go, even from the M2, the regular chip to the Pro chip, there was a huge, huge leap. And then yes. there was a smaller leap from the M2 Pro to the M2 Max. Well, they've actually made the M2 Pro be more in the middle. So it might even be a little bit closer to the regular chip versus the Max chip, which I think is okay. So those are all the debates that all of the debates that are going on, okay? My advice to you is... Listen to the rest of this podcast yep. and then do some of the things that I had to do because I started to fall into this trap of getting caught up in these debates and we don't want you to do that. So we're going to talk about what I got, what I think about it, how I set it up and some performance stuff. Yeah. And then I'm going to tell you how I figured out what I needed and hopefully you can apply that too. So let me set this thing up. If you've been listening to the show for the past few weeks, you know, Greg and his, his old Mac, they kind of reached the end of the road, right? They were talking divorce and <laughs> they couldn't work it out. I, I believe one of your, your texts to me one evening was, I, I'm about to throw this thing out of the window. I, it, I just can't deal with it anymore. So out of nowhere, Apple announced the Scary Fast um, event, right? It kind of caught us all off guard because we kind of heard there were going to be new MacBooks, but we, you know, we didn't know how Apple was going to announce it. Sometimes they just throw stuff up on the store and just let people have at it. So at the point, at the time, we were kind of debating it, you know, talking it through. Do you wait for the new rumored I, uh, IMAX, the new, 
the rumored uh, iPads that are coming out next year? Or do you go ahead and make the jump to the new MacBook if it's worth making a jump, right? Because if it was just a speed bump, Apple wouldn't do a whole, you know, a whole announcement, a whole keynote for it, right? A whole video production at, at Apple Park and all of that. They would just throw it up on the store. So we knew that it was going to be pretty good. So at the time, we weren't sure what, which direction you were going to go in, if you were going to hold out. And remember, too, holding out for a rumor, iPad next year is just that, right? We don't know if the iPads would be just a speed bump, same body, same you know form factor and all of that. So let's, let's get into the, some of the, the decision-making process. Uh, well, we'll talk about that later. But um, I guess just to kick things off, let's tell everybody what you decided to go with. You know. All right. So the, here's the horror story, though. So the MacBook delivered on Tuesday. Right. I got it mostly set up, and I had my old MacBook unplugged sitting next to me, right as I'm doing some of the setup, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But here's why I'm glad I didn't wait, and why there's no way I would have made it until spring for a rumored, yeah, iPad. Is close the lid on the MacBook, which means it should have gone to sleep. It wasn't charged at 100%, but I can't imagine it was below 50%. And I open it up the next day to check something on it, and it's dead. And Wyatt was home over the weekend, and he's got the one, not a full generation, but he's got, so in, they had the 2019 versions that had the uh, butterfly keyboard, the horrible mm -hmm. keyboard, right? Which is what Wyatt has. Yeah. And then mine was a mid-2020. So they're only like six months apart, right? Mm -hmm. From a generational perspective. Well, he told me he can't leave his unplugged overnight either. <laughs> and it dies. Right. So that was, that was my thing that made me say, okay, I'm glad I did this. So here's what I bought. You're going to notice if you listened to the episode two weeks ago, this is not what Jason recommended. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely not what I thought I was going to get. So I bought the M3 Pro. I'll explain why I wanted the Pro later. I got the base M3 Pro model. And that's the phrase that I think everybody that knows me would say, wait, what? You got to base anything when it comes to technology? Right. Because right. <laughs> that's just, I was that pretty surprised happen. too. Yeah. Yeah. So 18 gigabytes of integrated memory and the 512 gigabytes of right. SSD space. So definitely got the, the base and uh, uh, yes, I got black. I'm wearing my black polo today. Not only is it supposed to be more slimming on camera, but also in honor of the black MacBook Pro. And that part, some of that stuff won't come as a surprise to any of you that follow the channel because I dropped about a, it's a two minute and nine second unboxing mm -hmm. video of it. And then there's also a short, um, which is just some still clips of the unboxing. So that's sitting out on the channel. And then on top of this, this is just my, you know, my mid... Uh, advertisement here tomorrow where we record on Tuesday, this drops on Wednesday. Once this drops on Wednesday, there will be two blog posts out there. One of them will be my review. Yep. And the other one will be how I got to the decision that I did. So that's what I have. Black uh, MacBook Pro M3 Pro chip, 18 gigabytes of integrated memory and 512 gigs SSD. Uh, I got it on the day because it's not a custom config it's the base yeah. of that particular model 
which I'm sure they had plenty of. I mean, I know the shipping time started slipping um, after a few days, but uh, I hadn't checked in to see if they kind of balanced out. But yeah, this this is not, you know, a custom, something that you have to wait for, you know, end of November or weeks for, which is yep. good. I think the uh, the Pro Max, those are still next month, right? Or, uh, or they were later this month to even be available to be available um, but to order. I think but I did hear uh uh Marco off of ATP mm-hmm. <laughs> he maxed out the max everything yeah. every single spec on that I don't know I didn't look I think it's like a $7500 right thing wow. right but he maxed <laughs> out everything and he got his last week it came about a week and a half earlier than he was okay. expecting it too so I think those maxes were supposed to be later this month I think they may have started uh shipping but right. but yeah well again a professional he makes he makes a living with these machines so yeah and that was he, he just flat out said i maxed it all out and i'm not going to apologize for it right <laughs> <laughs> well he doesn't have to at least not to us so yeah so what about the look and feel of it when you open it up out of the box like that that initial impression because there was something else too that you kept telling me that was awesome about it and that was those black stickers. On the, oh uh, yeah, on the, that is pretty cool. The, the black apple stickers. There's two, Jason. If I if I I, I, I might be convinced to send you one right, of the two. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. If, but, you, uh, if you're not using it, I'll take it. <laughs> but yeah, the it is. So I know a lot of people said it's space. It's dark gray, right? And depending mm-hmm. on the light that you look at it in, it definitely is not as black as the keys on the keyboard. But man, does it look amazing and i've never been a fan of the silver you know me i mean everybody was shocked when i got the white phone but it's white white not silver not dishwater right right (laughs) but it's it's not just that for me remember i was on the old intel version which is still all the rounded and bevels and all that kind of stuff and this Mm -hmm. is a flattish right with sharper edges they're still rounded but they're still sharper um so that look and feel, it just feels like the kind of machine that I want to have. When I pick it up in my hand to go somewhere with it, it just feels right. awesome. And the MacBook Pro etching on the underneath side looks incredible. And uh, yeah, the look and feel is everything I could have hoped for. So I'm, I'm super excited that I got the black. Um, and in the unboxing, you can see I put my silver MacBook Pro up next to it. Yeah. And there's definitely a difference, even in my crappy lighting. And what about the fingerprint and smudge thing? Are you seeing that that new method that they use to get the color in? Is it really preventing those? It's those better. And stuff? It's better, especially on the top. Um, I did have to wipe it off yesterday, but it wiped off no problem. You know, sometimes you have to really get the cleaner that you use for your TV, right, to get stuff off. Well, the biggest problem is that the the touchpad, which is glass, so it's easy to wipe off, and the keys. Right. I mean, that's still the biggest problem. I don't know how you ever get the keys to not take on the oil and stuff from your fingers. But yeah, definitely the top. I didn't even notice smudges or fingerprints until yesterday. Um, And then I, or was it Sunday? I don't know, whichever day it was that I hurried and wiped it off, but I didn't even have to do anything. I mean, just a couple of wipes with the cloth and that was all gone. So it's definitely better. Now, if they could just do that for, like I said, the keys and then the screen, right? I mean, if you keep the screen open and look at it all day long, yeah, you just end up with stuff on the screen. So, yeah. 
All right. So we finished recording. Um, you were going to go for a ride. You were going to eat some lunch, do some uh, some other stuff with your with your company and all of that. So I think you got your workout in. You did a quick unboxing video for the uh, for the YouTube. Thank you for that. Uh, uh, uploading that because the, the phone one was awesome. Uh, so so this one's this one's great, too. So you got all of the grown up stuff out of the way. And now it's time for the good stuff. So yep. let's talk about this setup process. How did that go? Because you were yep. on the fence about. I was. Should you start fresh or should you just go ahead and just move everything over and get to work? Right. Because that's what that's what got us started going down this road was. Is this just tools for us or do we get time to tinker and all of that? So did you hit the ground running? Just do a, a restore or did you start fresh? Well, first I had to publish all the podcast stuff. So I don't even think I got to right. this until like four or five o'clock that afternoon. And yeah. I had decided that I was going <laughs> to set up fresh. And part of that was some of the research that I'll talk about here in a bit that mm -hmm. told me how I was using the machine. But also I had some problems with that other machine, right? And going from Intel to Apple Silicon, the recommendation was probably a good time to start fresh. Um, so I went fresh and the vast majority of it was super, super easy. I mean, it was like setting up a new iPhone right. fresh. Oh, the only problem I have with the iPhone is just the sheer amount of apps that I would have to download on the iPhone, but I don't have that problem on the Mac. And um, they took that setup process that they, that they introduced with the phones and moved it to the Mac and the iPad and, and, you know, other devices. And yeah, it basically holds your hand and walks you through the setup. Yep. I, I did have to sign into iCloud a couple of times. In fact, I signed in the first time and then it said it failed, but then it looked like it signed it in. So mm -hmm. I thought I was okay. And then when you asked me the reboot times and I said, well, let me test it. And I did a reboot when I came back in, it made me sign into iCloud a second time, but this isn't the only device, not even Mac. I've noticed it on, um, I've noticed it on phones and stuff like that too. So, mm -hmm. um, Jason, your bubble notification for the thumbs down just pulled up again. I think that's oh, hilarious. I, I, I forgot to turn <laughs> that off. So I didn't, I didn't see it on the screen, but yeah, I forgot to turn yeah. that off. No big deal. But, uh, so I had to do that twice. Um, and but like I said, I've noticed that on phones and other things a couple of times as well lately. I think this goes back to our conversation. I actually removed it from today's show about is Apple stuff really in sync or not? The mm -hmm. back end, is it stable yet? And then the other thing I had to do was OneDrive because I do a lot of uh, OneDrive is my business stuff. I had to set up the sync a second time. So OneDrive by default will download everything to your hard drive. And I don't want it to do that because I don't need all of our old episodes and stuff sitting on here. So I only right. want certain files and stuff in my OneDrive to sit on my uh, computer. So I set that up once and then I had to do it a second time, but it's not a big deal. OneDrive is really good about removing everything. And that's also happened before. So I actually don't think that had anything to do with uh, the new setup and it's been solid ever since. But other than that, there just weren't any problems. I mean, I just don't have that many apps on here to to download and that factors into whether you want to start fresh or not. One thing you have to recognize, which is what we ran into earlier before we hit record, is that when you do start fresh, none of your app settings when you download them are going to come across. So I actually had a Zoom setting I had to tweak that was messing with something here. So, um, so that's the only thing actually I've had to go back to the old Mac for was to check settings and applications. 
to see if I had them right yeah, on the new one. Exactly the so way. So that's yeah. it. So that Mac is sitting right over here to my left. Um, hasn't been turned on since Saturday. And I'm going to do all of our publication today. And if it's if I don't have to refer back to it, then I'll wipe it overnight tonight. It'll go in the box and be sent back to Apple for trade-in tomorrow. Right. So it's it's on its way out, on its way back yep. home. Yep. So that's pretty good. So we have an M2 Mac here, like I mentioned before. It's, it's my wife's, but I'll jump on it. I still have my, um, I believe it's the third or fourth generation, or I think it's the third generation MacBook Air. Um, which my son is using, I kind of handed it down to him, but it still has all of my information and stuff on it. So for me and anyone else who has an M2, um, uh, a processor, it's just an incremental, you know, speed bump for us, right? I, I don't think anybody should be upgrading from the M2 to the M3 unless you can afford that type of thing. And you just have to be on the latest and greatest, but just like your phone, you're coming from a few generations back. So this almost seems like, a, you know, not just an improvement, but like a totally new machine, even though it's familiar because you're still on the Mac. But I mean, you're we're talking almost new, totally new hardware, right? The, the form yeah. factor is a little different. The screen is definitely better. The keys, I'm sure, are a different material. Uh, uh, the keyboard, of course, all of the hardware internals are are upgraded. So, yeah, this is just familiar, you know, familiar device for you. but. What do you what do you think? How how does it feel? Like the performance and stuff. How I use it is familiar. What I'm using seems right. like I'm in the future. Right, right. right. And, and I think the advice out there from people I probably trust is that if you're on an M1 or an M2 regular or pro chip, there's probably no need yeah. to upgrade. If you're on an M1 and probably an M2 Max and you know you need the Max, there's a big enough leap yes. in the Max chip that you probably, definitely from an M1 and most likely from an M2, you want to consider it. Because like Marco, you're probably making your living. Right. And if this thing can run Oh, because there's a big faster, enough leap in that price tag too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you need it, you know you was, need it. Mine was only $2,000, right? The right. Pro chip. You go up to the Max chip, because I looked, starts at 3500 Yes. So, because you get a whole bunch of other stuff that goes along. So, like I said, on Tuesday, I did all of our publication. And so I timed the video exports that we do, which is probably the most intensive thing that I have, which is also why I went to the pro chip, because I do spend a lot of time, especially for this podcast, exporting the video and doing those renderings out of iMovie. And um, so I did the timings there. Mm -hmm. And the most dramatic, oh, well, well, let me go back. From a performance standpoint, you asked me to test the reboot. Right. Um, you know, like I said, it took so long on that Color Classic with four megabytes of RAM. So this <laughs> one took 11 seconds to go from a shutdown to the login screen mm -hmm. and another seven seconds to be loaded. So that, less than 20 is... <laughs> seconds from full power off to get there. So. Yeah. And that might not sound that. like a big deal to some folks because, you know, especially our younger listeners who are born in a generation where machines just move at the speed of light like that. But, I mean, 
we've come from a generation where we used to boot up machines and we can walk away and go and get lunch and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, and then come back and it's still booting up. So this is, yep. we're, we're in the future, right? We're living in the future now. You know, you guys, this is, this is all just, you know, eh, 12 seconds, 14 seconds. That's all yep. normal for you. But yeah, we're living in the future, Greg and I. <laughs> now you asked about Wi-Fi. I'm going back yes. to our text is what I'm doing here. You asked about Wi-Fi. I haven't really noticed the Wi-Fi speed difference. Now, it could be my network, right? Right. Um, you have a so, pretty fast network. So, yeah. I, But I noticed, you know, on, on coming to new, new devices, especially my, um, my, my iPad, um, my Pro and stuff, um, I did notice a big bump from the older iPads and the older MacBooks and stuff like that. The, the pages, they just seem like they loaded as soon yeah. as you put in the... Uh, and and so you're probably just used to that for the last few years because your network, you know, you have your PXP network. Yeah, and- I've got I've got fiber. So yeah. I mean that kind of stuff. What I would notice is uploading like the videos to YouTube, um, which I refuse to do on Wi-Fi anymore. When I realized how much faster it was for me to walk yeah. downstairs and plug in a cable, um, and I could go from a 50 minute upload to less than five minutes. Yeah. So no, I I, I go wired when I upload. So I uh, didn't notice that from a video export standpoint. So the trailer for last week's um, last week's episode, which is a YouTube short, that exported in a minute and 38 seconds on the old machine. It exported in 15 seconds oh, wow. on the new one. And there are a few of the videos that I've exported on this new machine where I hit export and I go to hit my timer to start it. Mm-hmm. And I've already got the pop-up out of iMovie that says your video has been exported. Yeah. So. Yeah. That so is, much, that much is crazy. Faster. Now, here's the big one, because this is what takes the longest. Our big video, our full episode video last week was 7 gigabytes. And on the old one, it took just under 30 minutes to export out of iMovie. New Mac was right around 11. I, I didn't realize it had finished, so I didn't stop the timer on time. Right. So it was somewhere around 11 minutes. Yeah, because I just didn't expect it to be done. Seven gigabytes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Seven gigabytes. That is, that is, that's really good. Here's the thing about the CPU. So I haven't heard the fans yet. Apparently this thing has fans. I haven't heard them. (laughs) Um, I just looked at this and there's a couple of ways you can manage this stuff. You can look on activity monitor and see this, or I use clean my Mac and it's got a thing that I can pop up. So right now. I'm recording in GarageBand. I've got three monitors running, and I've got Zoom going and recording local, mm-hmm. right? So I've got plenty of stuff going on. My CPU CPU loads the highest I've noticed it's been. Right. It's at 20, 29%. That's CPU, right? So that's not the memory yet. That's CPU, but that also says that if you're going to go with the M3, if you're going to go with the M3 chip itself, not the Pro chip, yeah. But the M3 chip, I probably still had some bandwidth to maybe go with the M3 chip. It would have worked for my dual monitor thing, right? Yeah, yeah, um, you would have ran into but, a problem with that. But there, so let's talk memory. So this thing has 18, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I currently still have 8.32 gigabytes free. Yeah. So there you go. Zoom's, Zoom's taking up like a gig. GarageBand's taking up half a gig. Mm-hmm. Notes has got some, you know what I mean? So I've got stuff in here 
that that's taking up clean my mac is still running and stuff oh yeah and clean my mac actually is a little bit of a memory hog it'll at least on the old machine it would regularly when it was trying to clean up the memory would tell me that it was running out of memory and i'm like oh yeah that's because you're running so you know (laughs) but yeah i mean i'm i mean this thing is just this thing doesn't even yesterday i figured out how to get it to break a sweat uh on the battery Mm-hmm. And that's because I had it powering my 4K external monitor off of the battery. And then right. finally I could get it to do something. But this thing, I don't even, I don't know how I'm going to make this thing sweat. So right. we don't do 4K video. Um, yeah. But I think even with, with what we do for 4K video, I think it would probably be fine. I think so. So, yeah. And, and you've been sending those battery life numbers. Yeah, Man. let's talk battery life. Yeah, they, they, you've been trying. Cow. Yeah. <laughs> so my first thing to Jason was, um, was it was gonna. I was doing some export work, so some heavier lifting stuff. And my first thing said, "Yeah, I'm gonna get about 13 hours of battery life." Mm-hmm. But I've been trying to take this thing off more. And like I said yesterday morning, I sat down in here. I had left it unplugged overnight. And when I opened it up, it was still at 97% battery life. I can't remember what it was down to the night before. But I decided, you know what? I'm just going to plug my USB-C hub, my external monitor, and everything in. But I'm not going to plug it in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I dropped about 8% battery life in 20 minutes. Right? So, yeah. I mean, yes, that was going to do it. But it's powering a 17-inch 4K yeah. display. Yeah. As well as all this other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to finally drain the battery life. But then yesterday I went to, I was sending these to Jason and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about here. Because remember, I was getting like three hours of battery life. And so yesterday I decided to, um, well, let's go back. So Thursday I did another one that was going to be 14 hours of battery life. Um, you know, I had done some editing and then was doing some writing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yesterday I go to the library or local library and wanted to do some consulting back, uh, behind the scenes work there. And I didn't connect to the internet cause I don't like their Wi-Fi, and my cellular connection wasn't good. So I was just, I was working in PowerPoint, but I had all kinds of stuff open, right? I had all my mm-hmm. normal apps, messages, all that kind of stuff, but I just wasn't connected to the internet. And um, the projection, I had been on battery for five hours already that day, and that included some a little bit heavier lifting in the morning. So I had been on battery for five hours, and it told me I still had almost 19 hours. Right. And that just blew my mind. <laughs> that blew my mind. I'm like, what? You've been working on it all day, and you still have? That's crazy. That's so crazy. I had been working on it for... If I had done the same thing on the old machine, it would have been dead. Right. Amount of time, right? That five hours for sure. And I still had almost 19 hours left. Now, right. I've got Clean My Mac X running in the background. I think if I turned that off yeah, and it would, you know, it some of the extended. other stuff that I just let run, I'd probably go even better. So Apple claims 18 hours of battery life watching video on this thing. I yeah. can see how that's the case. And like I said, I don't think PowerPoint's the most intense, but I don't think it's also the least intense from a usage yeah. standpoint. 
I was fine. Yeah. I can work yeah. all day. I am. I told Karen, I am so looking forward to taking this thing out on a picnic table. Yes. And not having to run an extension cord to a power strip from the trailer through the campground area out to the picnic table. I'll just take this out there and sit and I could work as much as I'm ever going to work in a single day. Right. At a campground. Cause most of the time at the campground, I may not even be connected to Wi-Fi. So in that case, I'm going to get the 24 yes. hours of battery life. And if I connect to Wi-Fi, I'm looking at 13, 15, yep. somewhere in there. Yeah. Yep. You'll be able to get done anything that you need to do. You'll be able to get it. Done. I'm golden. Golden. So, we had talked about that too, because I remember, you know, when you were weighing the options and stuff and you were like, well, I'm going to be tethered to my desk anyway. I'll do most of my work here, connected to my monitors with all of your setup, your microphone and things like that. You're going to do most of the work there anyway. But this will allow you to be more mobile, right? I mean, you're, you're considering, yep. yeah, you'll be at your desk because you work, you're more productive at your desk anyway. But just having that freedom to be able to just grab the MacBook. Unplug it from your dock. Unplug all of the the USB C chargers and stuff. That, I mean, cables that you have going to it, and just go with it. So yeah, I mean, yeah, this is definitely the machine for that. It, the big things that are easier to do at my desk are recording and editing. Yes. Now, recording is probably still going to stay that way. Um, yeah. But this new screen is so good. Yes. I mean, it's the Liquid Retina ProMotion. All of that kind of stuff, I don't have a problem editing directly. I mean, I used to do a little bit of editing on the other one, but this is even better. So, I mean, we're talking about me getting to the point where unless I'm doing like ROI calculations or something like that in big spreadsheets, mm -hmm. we're talking about me maybe changing my office setup so that my primary desk is a recording setup, which would be awesome, right? I could right. set this space up to just record. And then everything else I just do yeah. wherever I want. Yeah. I could not do that before. Yeah. I can see that happening. So this is the part of the conversation that I've been looking forward to the most, right? Since last week, we started talking about it before we started recording. Now we had, you know, the show was about uh, photo backup and stuff. So we had to put it off until this week. But we wanted you to spend some more time with the machine and really get these tests and get some numbers and some some real world uh, use cases, uh, use scenarios out of it. So we'll have a better show to talk about. Right. Uh, uh, you know, a better uh, point of view uh, when we discuss it. So. But one of my biggest concerns was that people were just going to, you know, we talked about the confusion with the iPad lineup and with the MacBook lineup. Right. There's so many different options that when someone walks in the store. Or, you know, that parent walks in the store, they just hear their child saying, I want it, I want it, I want it. And they're going to say, just give me the Pro Max because that's the, the best and that'll be the end of the conversation, right? I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want people to go into the situation saying, well, I just want the best one, right? Because the best one is not for everyone. The middle ground, or they're calling it the middle ground, you know, like you said, we mentioned those debates and stuff that are going on. The middle ground is not for everyone. It's just not. It's it's more power than people need. So we'll run into that that whole. You know, we talked about the Lamborghini to go to the hardware store situation, right? People have you'll get there fast, but you won't be able to actually do the work you need because you just don't need all that. I, I guess a more a more app uh, um, you know comparison would be 
to have a big F-350 to go to the flower shop, you know what I mean, or something yeah. like that. You have way more than you need to do simple tasks. So, uh, and I mentioned too, I don't want kids going into debt because, you know, this generation, they, they see the YouTubers and they, they want it, they want it, they yeah. want it. And they're taking out loans and, and just putting themselves in financial bind just to get a $7,500 machine because, you, you know what I mean, some, some, you know, tech guy got it. So let's talk about some of the stuff that you learned and, and some of the stuff that, that we talked through and you weighed when we were going into the, uh, um, you know, going to this to this episode to, to kind of shape your, your whole decision. Because you didn't even go with the one I recommended, like you said earlier. Nope. You didn't go with the one that everyone thought that you would, got, you would get. And not necessarily that you would just say, I, I just want to, um, you know, go with the Pro Max and just max out everything. But, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the storage, like 512, that's not you. You know, you, you need a terabyte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. So let's get into the whys of why you made your choice and things that you've learned since uh, since you made the purchase. We joke around, right? So Marco off of ATP, just so everybody gets context, he is a developer. He develops right. Overcast, which is my podcast player, yeah. right? And he's got, I don't know, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of subscribers onto his stuff. That podcast right. that they do is massive, right? I mean... Sure, let's have that audience. That would be cool. So he can justify all of this kind of stuff. He knows exactly what he needs. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, right? And I watch a lot of videos on this stuff because there was all of this analysis. And I tried watching a little bit beforehand, but I pretty much made my buying decision and then bought it. And Mm -hmm. then what happens is you start going, oh, crap. Right. Did I make the wrong decision, right? Because there was a whole bunch of debate about how much memory you need, how much storage space you need, and the chip, right? Because the Pro is a little less Pro than it was before. It's closer mm-hmm. to the regular one. So let me talk you through how I figured out what I was going to buy. Because again, I bought the entry level for this chip. One, I couldn't buy the M3 because I want the dual monitor. I don't want to fiddle around with, you know, trying to figure out some weird way to get two monitors going. So I just didn't want to screw around with that. So that was out. So that was easy. From a memory standpoint, I did my research. I pulled up Activity Monitor and Clean My Mac X, and I watched what it did while I did my heaviest lifting tasks. Mm Mm-hmm. When we're recording, how much memory am I using? When I'm uh, exporting video, how much memory am I using? And I always had right about six gigabytes available. And sometimes I would go into swap space. And just so those that aren't techie that are listening, swap space is how you get extra memory when you need it. It takes it from your hard drive. Not a big deal. But I just wasn't, wasn't anything. I did have this computer, the new one, get hung up at one point. And I had 10 gigs of swap space. Mm-hmm. I figured out it was an app that was running in the background that got hung up. So I killed that and it was fine. But so I watched that and I always had uh, six of 16 free. And remember, this is old Intel and old school memory, yeah. not Apple's new integrated memory. So the entry level for this was 18. I had 16. I usually had six free. So it makes sense that when I'm looking at this now, that I'm regularly having eight free. 
because I'm yep. doing the same amount of stuff. So I don't really need that. But what that does tell me is that if I had wanted to go with the M3 chip and gotten the eight gigabytes, it probably wouldn't have been enough. I would have been hitting that limit, right? And needing to go into swap by a couple and it's just not as efficient. So that's how I figured this out. So that's the biggest message for everybody is do your research, understand how you use this. You can go out and you can listen to whoever you want. And in fact, not this week, but the week after Thanksgiving, my Leaders Lift episode is about the voices that we listen to, you know, how we gather information and how that information influences our lives. But you can go out and do your research, listen to everybody, fine. But ultimately, you need to find your own voice. And for me, in this case, I needed to know that 18 was going to be more than sufficient. Going up to 36, would I have ever had to worry about memory? Probably Never. not, but that was another $200. <laughs> yeah. Okay? All right, so that's, that's the CPU. That's the memory. Now, the other thing, just kind of take a step back. I'm coming from Intel. No matter what I got, it was going to be better, right? Because I'm going mm -hmm. Apple Silicon. So this was yes. going to be an upgrade no matter what. So that's the other thing. From an internal hard drive perspective, you would suggest that I go up to a terabyte because then I just right. don't have to worry about it. And I have a couple of times pressed into the 400. I had used 400 or 500, but I figured out what was going on there and I understand how to manage it better. So that's the other thing that I did was mm -hmm. go in and say, how do I really use my machine? And what I realized is that like I was at almost 400 on the old machine and on this machine, I'm at 180. Right. Which tells you I had a bunch of, stuff right and i'm sure a lot of it was, was the iMovie those iMovie Correct. those temp files from iMovie and stuff garage band yeah. iMovie and garage all that band, kind of yeah. stuff and so when i looked at that those were the only things that were local that were only local that would be taking up space mm -hmm. everything else was cloud-based so like i said i had to reset up my OneDrive sync again that's because i don't want all 24 episodes of gadgets for families and right. all 37 episodes of Leaders Lift and all their associated audio and video and all those other files. Mm -hmm. I don't need them all locally on my hard drive. I usually need the files for an episode for the week after it launches because I'm doing a whole bunch of launch stuff, right? Right. Advertising, those kinds of things. After that, I just don't need it. So I went through and said, if almost everything's going to be in the cloud, do I really need to go and spend another $400 to go from 512 to one terabyte, mm -hmm. or am I willing to say, you know what, if I just keep this amount of stuff on my hard drive, I back up using Time Machine. We talked about this last week, right? So yes. everything gets backed up onto a hard drive. I could go buy a four terabyte external SSD for $250. Right. And I talked to you about this. My thought is that, you know, once a month, I'm going to go in, I'm going to pull because I'm going to have to clean up my cloud space at some point too, because OneDrive is going to get too full and that's really expensive to go up. I'm just going to pull old episodes and move them once a month onto that four terabyte yeah. hard drive. That makes sense. And I may never, ever, ever, ever need them again. And if I don't, great. But if I do, I'll have them there. So yes. that's how I decided what I needed from a hard drive perspective. So so far, I'm good on both. I'm not putting any pressure on CPU, so I didn't need the max. I'm not putting any pressure on the memory, so I didn't need to go up that $200, and I'm 
got tons of available hard drive space, so I didn't need to spend that. So I saved $600 plus tax. Right. Right. And I think by the time it was all said and done, when I looked at everything, it was more like eight to $900 that I ended up saving going with this machine versus the other one, which means if they launch the new iPads in March, mm -hmm. I'll have some of that reserve so that I can also get the new iPad. So, so you, you, the point that you made, I guess it's something that I really didn't realize, you know, you, you made a good point by changing the way that you work, right? Just changing your workflow a little bit, adjusting it a little bit, cause you're not making a major change, but the way you're going to handle those old um, storage issues and stuff, the extra storage saved you money, right? Just changing your workflow a tad bit by, like you said, once a month, you're going to go in and manage the, uh, those old files and stuff like that and, and transfer them to an external uh, drive. It saved you hundreds of dollars just by, you know, changing a little bit of your workflow on your side. So that's a good lesson for someone else too. You know, if you're on the fence about the price or the price is just a little bit out of your price range, but you want that particular model, then maybe adjust the way that you work, you know, a tad bit. It may save it, you some money. It probably saved me thousands of dollars. And here's right? why. So let's say I went up to a terabyte. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I go up to a terabyte, I'm never going to touch anything. And I'm going to fill yeah. the terabyte, right? That also means that my cloud storage is going to expand as well. So odds are I'd end up having to pay for more OneDrive space, which is really yeah. expensive. Possibly more iCloud space, which is really, it can get really expensive too, yeah. right? Oh, and so yeah. hard drive in and of itself, I'll never be able to not buy a smaller hard drive. So I'm stuck at terabyte plus going forward. Yeah. And then I hadn't thought of this, but on ATP, they talked about it. When you do that, all of your backup solutions have to go up. Right. Too. They can't so handle the, new, the volume correct. that you're sending. Yep. So how much longer before this current SSD that I have, would I have to swap it out for a bigger one? Mm -hmm. in order to contain the backup. So you're talking $400 up front, more SSDs, more cloud space. It could be $1,000 plus yeah. easily that just that one decision saved me as long as I'm willing to take. And I know it's not as, as fast to write to an external drive, mm -hmm. but you just drag and drop the files right before you go to bed. And when you get up in the morning, yeah. everything's moved. And your hard drive and your cloud space is all cleaned up right. and you're good to go, right? So yeah, know what you need, know how you're going to use it, gather information, but find your own voice and make the decision that's best for you. And then if you can, and you identify these small things, make these small changes, and then you can save that money. Like for Marco, he doesn't need to worry about it. Yeah. It's worth it to him to throw money at the problem, so to speak. I didn't want to do that because remember, I love this machine, mm -hmm. but this is not what I want to have as my primary right. machine. Right? <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just adjusting the way you do things a tad bit, you know, could save you money and, and it'll help make that decision easier. Right. Because I, I just knew Greg needed a terabyte, you know, but. I think the solution he came up with, and more than that on the post show too, because you 
actually saw you ran an idea by me that I thought maybe it'll work with the uh, the, the expansion slot that you have on there. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about we'll we'll get into that more of that in the post show. But yeah, that, that I think that's a good lesson. Like know what you need, kind of make some concessions with yourself, some compromises because you can say I need a terabyte, but you really don't. You really don't. And the no. money you would save too is another point too we need to bring up. The money, the difference between the 512 and the terabyte, well, you can buy some pretty inexpensive external storage and still buy yourself some extra accessories and things like that with the money yeah. that you'll save. So, yeah, yep. yeah, really good. Yeah, I mean, and if you want more on this, this journey, definitely look, uh, look on our blog. Um, we'll have a link to it in the show notes, but check out the blog post. We'll put it out on social media too. But there's one that I specifically talk about how I did this research and what decisions I came to and, and all that kind of stuff. Because if you just ask most people out there, they're going to tell you to pay for as much memory as you can afford and get at least a terabyte on yeah. these pro machines. And that's probably good for a lot of people. But for me, it wasn't the right choice. Now, the MacBook Air that we're telling everybody else to buy wasn't the right choice for me for the dual monitor thing. Right. Fine. but. I also didn't need to spend. So what do you think, Greg? You think you made the right decision? So far, I mean, I, yeah, I think so. The problems, the the problems that I've had have nothing to do with which chip, which how much memory and how much hard drive space I purchased, right? They're just the things that come along with setting up a new computer and getting it set the way you want it. I would have had those problems even if I had maxed out the max. Right. right, all of all of these little configurations and all of that kind of stuff, I would have had the exact same challenge. So, you know, we'll check in in six months and see. Um, we'll see how our podcast has changed things. You know, if all of a sudden, you know, you and I are trying to do multiple streams of 4K and these videos go from seven gigabytes to 50 gigabyte size files, maybe at that point I do end up justifying either a bigger pro chip or going up to the max chip or, or yeah. something like that. That would be there would have to be something to drive that. But right now I believe I made the right decision based on what I needed, not what I wanted. Cause what I would want would be to never have to worry about any of this. Right. right. So just right. get as much as I could, but I made the right decision based on what I needed and I'm feeling really, really good about it. I think so. So I, I see the last section here is, uh, should you buy it? But let's, let's do something new. I'm, I'm going to catch you off guard real quick. I, um, let's do this. We we'll, we'll, let's film a little short too. I'm gonna give you some examples, and you tell me which MacBook I should buy, right? All right, let's do it. All right. So let's say I'm a mom. I don't have a wig or anything to throw on, but let's say I'm a mom, and I have a 14 year old high school student that that says, "Mom, I want a new MacBook. I want a new MacBook." Right? All my friends have it. Which MacBook should I buy? All they do is go to school. They do homework. They're mostly going to play Fortnite and video games on it. Which MacBook should I buy for them? Uh, 13-inch MacBook Air, if you're, um, if you're budget-constrained, sort of. Mm -hmm. And 15-inch if you're not, because then it'll be their single screen, and it can be everything they want it to want it to be. Okay. Now, I'm a dad, and I'm so proud of my, 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 my daughter. She just graduated from high school. She's going to Princeton. 
and she's going to have a huge workload, right? She still has to communicate with me and mom and stuff and, and all of that. She wants a MacBook. Which one should she buy? What's her major? Uh, so she's majoring in architecture, right? I, I meant to throw that in there. So architecture. So she's going to have a lot of apps, a lot of CAD apps and things like that that she has to run. What does she need? 14 or 16 inch pro, probably the 16. It's probably going to be her only thing if she's living in the dorm. So probably the 16 inch MacBook pro with at least the pro chip, depending on her CAD program needs. You might want the max if you're really going to get into 3d rendering and and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Okay. So now I'm a grandpa. I'm, I don't know anything about this technology stuff. I just have, I just checked out my, my, my retirement fund. I'm, I'm getting a, a huge amount of money and my grandson is a big time YouTube streamer and he plays Twitch games and he's always in his room yelling at his friends and he's playing all of these different games. Um, he, he has a big time career. Uh, uh, you know, he's actually has an income with playing these video games on Twitch or whatever, and he needs a new computer. I want to get him a computer for Christmas. Which, which, uh, what should I get him? Uh, studio with the M2 Ultra or M or the studio's not out with the M3 Max, so you might have to wait for that. But I think you get the studio and you get the big giant, you know, those big curved displays or whatever it is right, to plug right. into it. Nice, yeah. nice. And you nailed that because that was kind of a trick question. I was wondering were you going to recommend a MacBook or if you were going to go with uh, a desktop uh, or Pro, uh, you know, uh, uh, actual Mac or something like that. So, no, no, really good. Yeah, I like that, that. That studio, I wouldn't go with the Mac Pro because it's still on Intel. Right. So go with the Mac Studio and, uh, um, yeah, either wait for the Max and Ultra version of the M3 or uh, get the max version probably of the uh, M2. The problem is the gaming, right? Yeah. So what I think will be super, super interesting is when the M3 Ultra drops with the ray tracing and all of this new GPU stuff on a Mac Studio, just how powerful it's going to be for, for gaming. So that's the problem. I mean, you could game on the 16-inch MacBook Pro Max. And yeah. I, if, you were gonna, if you needed a MacBook, you'd probably want to max out the Max in that scenario but and still get a giant monitor to plug it into which you absolutely could do but the studio is probably better for that okay yeah yeah good one good one i like that i think we'll do more of those here in the future but hopefully we can edit that under a minute <laughs> i like that so all right any last thoughts on on the macbook anything else you want to share again i, th I think the main thing i wanted to stress was don't break the bake on these things right? Think about what you do on it. If you're buying it for someone else, think about what that child is doing on it. Or I say child, think about what that person is doing on it. No matter who you're buying it for, everyone's going to default to, I want the best. I want the, the Pro Max. Uh, and even like we say, the middle ground now is not necessarily how the middle ground has always been. It still may be too much for some people. So really consider that entry level. You know, you, you, yeah. Don't don't break the bank, the bank buying these things. Don't get loans. Don't get, you know. I, I really don't want to see you know kids doing that. Yeah, I mean Wyatt's. If his MacBook continues to die, um, he's changing a little bit of his direction. And we've talked about whether he just gets a bigger iPad, 
for right. what he wants to do, right? Because he's got the one that school gave him, but he could go with an iPad Air or even an 11-inch Pro probably and get everything that he needs to. So it's really about your use case. So the MacBook Air is still the default. Yes. And the only one I think you really need to know that you want is the new 14-inch MacBook Pro with the M3 chip. M3. Not the Pro chip like I got, but that one that replaced the 13-inch with the Touch Bar. My Touch Bar that I'm one of the two people that liked it. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the only one that I think you avoid unless you absolutely know that's what you need. That's probably what most companies are going to buy. Because, again, it won't drive two monitors. So do you really need to go there? And the Air is probably good enough, especially when they come out with the M3 versions of the Air. All right, well, that's it. Uh, Jason, what are we going to do next week? A little different. Yeah, yeah. So next week is going to be our shopping guide, right? We're getting to that, that time of the year again where there's a big emphasis on gifts and gift giving and things like that. So we're going to give our list of the top tech gifts to buy for sons, daughters, coworkers, friends, and maybe even some of the people you don't like. <laughs> which, which tech gift to buy for them? And spoiler alert, it's an Android phone. So if you don't like them, get them an Android. But so we're going to include everything. Stocking stuffers. I know I'm, I'm still outlining the episode and stuff, but stocking stuffers all the way up to like big ticket items, right? For those tech geeks in your life that are hard to shop for. So um, if you're looking for some ideas or whatever, tune in to next week and uh, we'll have those lists. And Greg, you're going to be on location, right? I am. I'm going to be recording on location, and uh, so you'll see my camp trailer. And I'm actually thinking maybe I'll have time to do a, a quick video on my setup when I'm camping right. and, and drop that too. So I'm hoping that I'll do that. So I know we ran just a little bit longer than we intended to today, but I think there's some really good stuff in there. Um, yeah. Don't forget, check out the videos and the blogs on these MacBooks. So this is our week of MacBook Pro coverage. That's what we'll call it. And all that kind of stuff, and uh, then do all the things. We'll have a bunch of resources in the show notes, and stick around for the post show. A couple more things on the M3 MacBook, and then what's next for my MacBook? What am I going to do with it next? That'll be the discussion. I don't think it'd be too terribly long. So, Jason, uh, you got a cool podcast closing for us? Nope. I'll see you guys at the campground next week. <laughs> have a good week. Come on over, Turkey. Turkey at the campground. I like that. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day.